0: It
1: is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens. If you're shopping for uh, 75 high quality vitamins to help start your day right, well, that's where you want to go. Athletic Greens and also betonline.ag. Fastest, easiest way to bet on sports. Uh, before we get into this Packers game at Lambeau Field on Sunday afternoon, Greg, let's hit some of the headlines. And of course, when we talk headlines, we talk Mac Jones. Uh, Mike Giardi, per sources, Mac is in the facility. He's participating in game planning. The Patriots quarterback uh, has told multiple teammates to not count him out of this weekend's game. Greg, should we count Mac out of this weekend's game?
0: not fully but pretty much. I mean, I would say about 90% now. The Patriots just took the practice field Mac Jones was not on the practice field. So, um do I completely and entirely rule him out? Uh no. I this is the thing about, you know, when you cover the NFL, you see a lot of unbelievable things that these guys are uh are capable of physically. Um, you know, I I I know I've covered you know, Brett Favre had a an ankle similar to Max that like it was like a balloon. And I think Brady had the same sort of thing. I think before I covered him, I remember hearing stories about it from his teammates about like, you know, these guys have ankles that look like balloons and then they're out there. Um Now, it's a little bit different day and age in terms of painkillers and shooting up and things like that, um, you know, but. I I do not question Mac Jones' toughness, uh, one iota. I think he's incredibly tough. I think he's incredibly smart. Um, I do, like I said, I do think it's a different day and age where guys are sort of looking out for different things and looking out for themselves a little bit more. But, you know, for Mac to go from what we saw on Sunday, being carried down the stairs, screaming in pain, to, to starting at Lambeau Field on Sunday... I have a hard time seeing that, but I don't entirely rule it out. I just, I don't think it's necessary. And I know that wants
1: to get back out there, but I wouldn't rush it. What's, what's the point of rushing this injury back and, and, and trying to get out there and try to be a hero. What happens if his mobility is, is super limited? Are you leading to other issues? I just, especially with this offensive line at times and missing assignments, I don't think it's worth putting out a hobbled Mac Jones uh, this week. It just doesn't make much sense to me. So I, I find it very unlikely. I appreciate that Max got that dog in him and, and he wants to be out there and he loves what he does, but I, I would not, I would not expect him to be out there. And I, I would also say, let's not forget about this reported kind of disagreement about how they want to go forward. Right. Like Mac kind of wants to rest it. The Patriots are more looking at a possible surgery. So, you know, if the Patriots are leaning to the more, you know, surgical conservative route, I find it very hard to believe they'll throw him out there uh, one week after that injury. So I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Meanwhile, Mike Lombardi, man, he went in on the Patriots this week and, and Mac Jones, when I say he went in on the Patriots, he didn't go in on his buddy Belichick, of course. He, he went in after the players. And uh, here's a, some of what he said, Greg. New England's not doing anything that they stand for. I've never seen a New England team like this. This is so anti-Belichick. It's so not who they are in that building. This haven't been themselves. And you could say they don't have an offense. It's not the plays. It's the mistakes they're making in the game. You could blame it on the coaches all, all you want. I think that's pretty naive if you want to do that. As much as I like Mac Jones, I thought Mac Jones would protect the ball and play smarter than he's played. Uh, And now he's hurt with the high ankle sprain. And to me, he was in danger of either changing what he did or he's going to lose his job. Um, He had a lot more to say. People get the gist. Uh, We get the point. The players, the players, the players. Uh, He gave some statistics as far as how they're moving the football, moving it very well they're not finishing drives. They're turning the football over, which is killing drives. Just uh, your overall thoughts on what Lombardi
0: had to say, how much you agree with him. Is he missing something, et cetera? Uh, First of all, let me say that I love Mike Lombardi. I listen to his podcast all the time. I think he's extremely smart. Uh, I, I was impressed. I went to Cleveland when he was there as a GM with, with Joe banner and did a story on them. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm very impressed with Mike Lombardi. I am. Um, You know, he he does have a blind spot for Bill, which, you know, we all recognize. And I don't fault him for that, um, considering how much time he spent with him. And, you know, his son Mick was on the staff here for a long time. And and now he's with McDaniels in in Las Vegas as the offensive coordinator. Um, I, I, I think, like, I don't think there are entirely, completely untruths in what he says here. Um, I I just think that they're a little bit skewed towards the coaching staff, um, which I understand him being that way. I just, I just disagree with that a bit because I, I I don't think you can just look at the Patriots turnovers and say, especially the interceptions and say, well, that's just Mac Jones not taking care of the ball. I mean, we've been over them on this podcast. I think, you know, a lot of them, um, you know, the, the Devante Parker one in Miami was big, you know, was that a called shot play from the sideline to Devante Parker? I mean, he's thrown four interceptions to Devonte Parker who seemingly never leaves the field. Um, you know, and, and why is he out there? Why is he so featured as much? Is that a coaching decision or is that Mac Jones's decision? We went over the play action interception against the Ravens where, to, in my mind, yeah, part of it's Max fault, but part of it's also coaching for not even coming close to setting up the play and getting the linebackers sucked up, which is what, as a quarterback, when you turn your back to the play on play action, you're putting your trust in not only your teammates, but also the coaches that when I turn back around, that play is going to be there. Or at least I'm going to have a ready outlet, which you really didn't on that play because it was a two-man route. Um, you know, the, the, the Devontae Parker end zone interception, we went over that. Is that partly Mack? Yeah. It's also partly Devontae Parker. Or, you know, was it not a good play call in the red zone? Why aren't we throwing to Hunter Henry there in the red zone? Why aren't we scheming something up there? So, you know, look, I understand what Mike's saying. And, and he's not totally wrong in saying, like, you know, if they take care of the ball, they could be 3-0. and Yeah. And the Raiders could be 3-0, too, if they made some crucial plays. But that's the difference between, you know, good teams and average teams the good teams make those plays in crucial spots. The Patriots are not doing it right now. And then, you know, you get into the whole stats thing. I think, I think we've been over that. I mean, that's, that's almost straight out of the Patriots coaches mouths at this point, you know, that they're the, these guys who disdain stats when they were winning football games and could point to the scoreboard and say, stats are for losers. Look at, look at wins and losses and look at points, you know, now because the scoreboard's not in their favor, they say, look at the stats and look at how we're, you know, what is it, eighth in the league in yardage, but we're 25th in points. That just tells you the coaches are doing a good job. We're gaining the yards. The players are failing at the at the crucial times. And I think that's unfair because they should be, they're all together. And, and a, a, on Lombardi, one more thing, on Lombardi, one of his favorite, favorite savings, sayings, which I completely agree with is, you know, when he borrowed it from Parcells, is either you're coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. And so they're the Patriots are all in the same boat together. I don't like putting it on the players or specifically Mac Jones, because we've documented how the coaching has let him down and led him to this point. Whereas if other coaching was involved, I think you can make the argument that they would be building off of last season instead of regressing.
1: Lombardi does have that soft spot in his heart for Belichick, as you mentioned. And you know, I, I do think he kind of moves the goalposts at times for the Patriots because of that. He protects Bill. He protects the coaching staff. And I, I think it's unfair to do that when you look at, you know, the points scored. And it, it goes back to what you and I talked about earlier in the week, Greg, the, the idea that the situational play calls. All you've got to do is look back at the Ravens game. The situational play calls from Matt Patricia uh, were less than ideal. And a couple of them were just straight up trash. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to get into the red zone, great. But as you said, you're going to utilize the tight ends. Are you going to just run the football and allow your running backs to do what they do best? How about the old extra offensive lineman run plays in the red area inside mm-hmm. the 10? Haven't seen a ton of those. All these little throws into the flat. You know, it's like all these one-on-one shots to Devontae Parker. And, you know, it's, it's not this or that. It's all a combined issue. And yeah, some of it's on Mac, some of it's on the players, but there's a good portion of it on the play calling in critical areas of the field in critical situations. So let's call it a spade a spade. You know, I, I like Lombardi as well, but if you're going to sit there and, and hold 31 coaching staffs accountable and not the 32nd, that's BS. Like you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta sit there and also look at some of these play calls and put it on the coaching. So enough of that uh, before we get to the Packers Patriots game coming up on Sunday,
0: First, it's critical that Greg gets the athletic greens. Hell yeah. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for three months now and I love it. It Doesn't taste like it's super healthy. I know it's a green juice and people are like, I don't want to drink that. You know, even my sister-in-law thought that too, but I gave it to her she liked it. It's, it's, it's got a nice mild tropical taste, a little bit minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. It's now part of my routine and I'd be lost without it. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
1: All right, let's get into Packers Patriots. Before we take a look at the Patriots offense and, and, and ways they can attack the Packers defense, let me just ask you the one kind of big picture over. Overall question about this game let's say it is brian hoyer like both of us expect it'll be how much you know, do things change from the you know kind of thirty thousand foot as far as going into a game with hoyer as your quarterback versus mac uh
0: i i don't think a lot i mean do you, you know do i give the patriots less of a chance to win yeah because you know i think mac jones is good and and brian hoyer is a career backup basically you know for a reason and and mac jones uh brian hoyer is one of these guys who for stretches of the game for stretches of drives, he's going to look dynamite. I mean, just cause he's smart, he's got a good arm. He's got a quick release. Um, you know, I, I, I really like Brian Hoyer, you know, but there are places in the red zone before halves and situational stuff where he just comes up short and has over his career. And so that's where the Patriots are going to take a big step back. Uh, you know, if I'm the Patriots coaches, I, I take that into account. I realize that. And maybe, maybe I take a few more shot plays. Maybe I'm not try, trying to drive in the red zone and grind out drives. Maybe, uh, maybe you know, once I get over the 50, I'm, I'm taking a look for, uh, you know, some sort of big play, dialing up a shot play uh, t- to score that way instead of having to go on 10, 11, 12, 15 play drives and, and get down in the red zone where, you know, Brian tends to get locked up A little bit, you know, when it becomes tighter and the coverage tighter and things like that. So, uh, you know, look, they were going to have a tough time in this game uh, in any event, even though the Packers are one of the most inconsistent teams. They can play great against Tampa one week and come home and lay a complete egg. It's been something that's happened throughout Aaron Rodgers career with the Packers. And I wouldn't be surprised if it happens here. They're, they're primed for a letdown after going down to Tampa and getting a big victory, uh, you know, last week. But I, overall, I don't think a ton of things change. I think there are certain things with the Patriots game plan in this game uh, that they would do no matter who the quarterback was. All right. So let me ask you, what would you do if you're the Patriots looking at this green Bay defense, how do you attack them? Greg? Okay, so the Green Bay defense is, you know, is interesting in that, um, you know, you know, before the season, I thought they were going to be one of the best defenses in the league. And I do think that they had that talent. I don't know what's going on with Jair Alexander, uh, their top cornerback, whether he's going to be playing this week or not. We'll have to see. It's only Thursday and they probably haven't even practiced yet uh, today. And, uh, you know, but they, you know, look, they're two and one. They lost to the Vikings 23-7, terrible offensive game for the Patriots in in the first game. They beat the Bears 27-10 and then beat the Bucs 14-12. You know, the the Packers' defense, you know, I'm very impressed by them um, on film. You look at some of the advanced statistics and you wonder, like, you know, for instance, they're 32nd in the league in run defensive efficiency. Now, asking people in Green Bay about that, they were really bad versus the run the first two weeks. They were great against Tampa. But then again, Tampa has a bad offensive line. Um, The Bears also ran sort of in the fourth quarter and and stacked up some yards. Um, I think that, you know, when I look at the Packers and how the Patriots are constructed, you know, they're not – by stats they're not very good in the run game and so that that to me is advantage patriots I think the best thing that they do is their old school you know not the new stuff the old school between the tackle stuff Ramondre Stevenson I think they hit on something last week him and Damian Harris really complement themselves well so I think the patriots can make hay in the running game and then I also want to keep the Packers in base personnel so I think this is a big two tight end week of course you know that'll mean They'll probably put little Jordan Humphrey out there more than one of the tight ends, just to drive me completely insane in, in the Lambeau field press box. But I think that the, the I think that this game against the Packers defense does, does set up well for the Patriots offense and sort of, a, you know, grind it out, run the ball, get the tight ends involved. Could we finally see Hunter Henry actually do something in a game? If it doesn't happen this week, Nick, I don't know when it's going to happen.
1: You know, it's always a risky proposition for me to ask you how to attack a defense or an offense because usually you and I are on the same page, and here we are again. Because um, you, you're just going to steal all my thunder because <laughs> I, I agree with you. I, if I'm the Patriots, I'm trying to run the football like 45 to 50 times on Sunday. I, I'm, I'm, this is a big, to me, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Damian Harris game. Each guy yep. should have at least 15 to 20 run touches and i've watched green bay i've watched every single one of their games this year i've watched all three, oh. and i do think they have some in that front seven i do think they have questions in the front seven defending the run uh you're going against you know they could sit there and talk about chicago and oh yeah they, they got some yards in the fourth quarter and if that makes them feel better i thought chicago did not run the football enough in the first half of that game and when they actually started to commit to it a little bit green bay was incapable of stopping them I wouldn't put too much into the Tampa game. I think you're right about the offensive line. I'd also say Leonard Fournette is off to a very, very slow start. Hmm. And if you remember the headlines coming and for Tampa, one of them was Fournette showed up a little chubby. And, you know, he did not he did not deny that. He said he lost the weight, got back into shape a little bit. But there was some serious concern about whether or not he was taking it serious walking into this, this training camp. So, um, you know, and, and let's also not forget that, if if Green Bay people want to point the details, all like, oh, second half rushing for Chicago and they were down, blah. Well, you know, they were going against Tom Brady with, you know, no Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin. Obviously, Gronk has retired. Good point. Fournette, uh, again, has not been great. So if there's any game that you could key on the run, it was that one. That's going to be my question is because if, you know, if you're, if you're the Green Bay defense, you know you haven't been great against the run, but you're going against Brian Hoyer. And I would imagine that you're keying against the run, like, like if you're, if you're, what's the uh, defensive coordinator's name? Is it, is it Joe Barry or something like that in Green Bay? Uh, I'm trying to remember. That sounds right. Um, if you're the, if you're, the, if you're the DC of Green Bay, you have to go into this game saying priority number one, two, and three is to stop Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. We cannot let these guys run the football for a buck fifty-two hundred yards. Uh, but uh, but that's what I would do. I'd run the ball. And I, th- I think they also would be susceptible uh, to the tight end action as well. Well, let's jump to the uh, Patriots defense now against Aaron Rodgers in this Green Bay offense. Uh, you obviously have an extensive history watching Aaron Rodgers play football. You've seen him play a ton of games. You know how his mind works. If you are Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo and, and, and Bill B heading into this game, what are you looking to do, Greg?
0: Well, obviously, I have enormous respect for Aaron Rodgers and his talent. I just think he's spectacular and he still is. Now, you know, the big the big questions with the Packers offense are, you know, the offensive line. Um, they still don't have Bakhtiari back. I doubt he's back. This week, um, they've been sort of like a mess up front, um, you know, run blocking and pass blocking, and then, uh, and then the receivers are all, you know, young kids. And you know, Alan Lazard is sort of like their best wide receiver. And you know, they have some, I like the tight ends. I like, you know, Tunyon was a guy I was hoping the Patriots would assign to an offer sheet. Um, you know, he's coming back from injury though. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, old, old timer. Um, you know, but they're not, they're not overly talented other than Rogers. And so, but the, the big thing is their backfield, you know, they have two, they have gr- two great running backs. I mean, it could be an old school sort of running back battle. I mean, between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, like, you know, this is bill Belichick probably thinks he's back in 1985. And, and he's probably all excited. Cause this is, you know, that type of game where it looks like if I'm the Patriots, I as dangerous as it is I I am I'm stacking the box um I'm uh, and that's what you sort of see with some of the Packers opponents and I'm forcing Aaron Rodgers to beat you with these kids down the field and hopefully they make a resta- mistake route running Aaron doesn't see it the same way you get some turnovers or some you know quick three and outs but this is far from sort of the well-oiled Packers uh, offensive machine that we've seen Uh, in recent years, that's for sure.
1: No doubt. Uh, Christian Watson was a guy they drafted. He was out with an injury last week. I think it's a hamstring issue with him. Romeo Dobbs is another young receiver. They have, he's more of kind of like a quick hit slant guy, Mm -hmm. uh, might take a shot down the field once with him. Uh, Lazard, you, you mentioned him. He's a bigger bodied wide receiver. Has never been consistent. Is it because of lack of opportunity? He's getting his chance this year. He really is the number one. They've got Randall Cobb, who obviously is long in the tooth. He can make a couple plays, but I think the Patriots can blanket him. Uh, I like Tunyon as well, coming off the ACL. Not as explosive yet as he used yep. to be. Not to say that he was some kind of freak athlete, but he <laughs> could get down the seam, and he could hurt you back a little bit every once in a while. He's not that same guy right now. Maybe he's turning it around. Uh, I agree with the backfield. Again, we're on the same page. Aaron Jones, to me, is a very good back. Week one, one of the main issues with their offense was Jones had eight touches the entire game. Matt LaFleur was asked about it. He's kind of embarrassed that he only gave him the football eight times because it was inexcusable. He's difficult. A.J. Dillon is a a battering ram. People know about him from his time at at Boston College. Uh, Bakhtiari, kind of interesting what they're doing with him. He's been out for a long time. Uh, I don't know if it was complications to the surgery. He had an ACL tear, and he, he's been out for a while. He did come back last week, but he split snaps. So I don't know how ready he is. It might be another game this weekend where he might play 25, 30 snaps, something like that. He's their best offensive lineman. Yep. I, would, I would just, as you said, I would try to limit Jones. I would try, if you limit Jones, I, I think you're in good shape. Um, I think, you know, Dylan is more of that powerful back. So I think you can defend him. And I would try to force Aaron Rodgers into some tight window throws. And you and I have discussed this before about Aaron. He's worried about his passer rating. He's always got a good idea of where he is. And, you know, there was this long article written about him at PFF in the offseason after last year. And they went through a bunch of his throws and, and a bunch of times where he could have taken shots. And he decided not to, and he played it safe. He took some checkdowns. So there is that mentality from Aaron. He's not going to put the ball into the fire too often. So, you know, with these young receivers and these guys, I think think your secondary could do a good job against Mm -hmm. this receiver core. You can limit the run. It could get interesting. Um, Let's get to – I've got a couple questions here for you, just a couple before we get to uh, our pick them. The first one I would ask you, you and I just mentioned about the force to tight throws. In your
0: time covering Rodgers, yep. what has bothered him the most? Uh, good question. And, and you know, what's interesting is that when Aaron, very early in his career, um, he was even criticized by some of his teammates about being way too conservative. And, and even back then, you could tell he could, rat- he knew his stats. He could rattle them off at, at the drop of a hat. And, you know, to the point where I think it was his second or third year as a starter after Favre, Um, you noticed in training camp, he took more risks and, and, you know, he and I had a long discussion about that and about how, and I think Max sort of going through that right now, where you need to, you need to use practice as a, as a place to test yourself and what you're capable of, because NFL games are not a place to do that. Um, the things to me, the thing that bothers Rogers the most, I would say is, uh, you know, he. I think he's always had and he still does, even though he's a lot better at it now, is you know, sort of differentiating between when to stay in the pocket or, you know, when to make a play with his feet. And so, you know, if you can get him sort of second guessing himself there, that's when he has issues. I, I would also be very physical with his receivers. He likes things on his own timing. He likes things Uh, you know, well planned out, even though he can improvise. Um, If his guys get rerouted and the timing gets thrown off to me, that starts to really bother him and gets him a little bit sped up.
1: Another question I have is we talked about the run game. Will, will Patricia be able to commit to the run game and possibly get more snaps for Kendrick Bourne this weekend?
0: Great question. Um, you know, I, I've been disappointed in, in how they haven't, you know, run the ball more, uh, you know, even though if you look at the numbers, they've been you know pretty balanced. But I think, you know, I, I would like Matt Patricia to, you know, get a little bit more old school. I know it, it goes against the, the modern day thinking, but I just think it's the way the Patriots are constructed and, and the way that they need play action they need it as part of what they're doing because they're not overly talented. And when you're not overly talented, you need, uh, you know, play action and run action to create space for your guys. And I think that, I think that he needs to go a little bit more old school. I think that they are, their, their first, their second down packages haven't been very good. And, and, you know, I, I wouldn't mind see that, especially a little bit early and after the first drive, they've been scripting their first drives fine. I don't have a problem with that, but after that, I would like to see them show a little bit more commitment to the running game, more body blows, and then build, build play action off of those run actions instead of going, you know, one wide zone to the right, you know, we went over at the interception and then coming back and going stretch zone and run and play auction off that when you haven't even set it up earlier in the game. Just stick to your bread and butter, power runs, pull the guards. I mean, I think Cole Strange and Michael Wenu are primed, powerful downhill blockers. And I think that they need to do that more instead of, you know, trying to force the issue with some of these zone stuff.
1: Just thinking, like I don't know if they've thrown a single football down the seam to a tight end yet this year. No, it's like kind of crazy to me. It's been mm-hmm. such a
0: staple
1: of their offense. Like, can we get Henry down a seam? Can we get Jono down a seam? And I think what you're talking about, Greg, is really kind of the the second and third level of an offensive coordinator. Like, you you can spend the whole week along with Mac and Joe Judge and Bill Belichick, and and you can script the first drive. Okay, we know what we want to do. But the reason why it's crucial to have somebody who has the experience is because of adjustments. What's the defense doing to you after that first try? How do you react to that? It's also about, as we've talked numerous times, even earlier in this pod, you know, critical play call situations, those moments when you have to have a play. And also what you just mentioned as well, the the idea of setting something up for later in the game with something that you do early in the game, that's kind of like that next step of yep. the OC function, and that's what I think so are what we've seen that Patricia's missing, and it's not Matt Patricia's fault. Like, you have to acquire the skill. This dude doesn't have the skill level that a professional offensive coordinator usually has. And so he's seeing a lot of this stuff for the first time. He's adjusting for the first time. He you know, he's he's thinking on the fly. It's it's not about what you can script before the game. It's it's how mm-hmm. your brain is processing everything, how well you can operate once you process the intel that you're getting. That's what it's all about. It's like, okay, you go into a game plan and you go, okay, we want to run the football. We want to run the football on Sunday. Greg and I want to run it a lot. What happens if they start to slow the run game? What happens if the Packers are ready for that? How does Patricia adjust to it? Can he find another weakness? Can he find that second
0: level? That's the issues they're having. Uh, before we get to the- uh, Hey, Patriots Nick, one, game, one thing real quick, because uh, that's- uh, about- One thing real quick on that, because that's a really good point. And, and probably my biggest criticism of Patricia to this point, and, and you're right, the the opening script has been really good. Um, you know, some of the things in terms of their approach, like I like the little Jordan Humphrey thing against the Steelers because you only needed to score in the teens, you needed to get to 17 points to beat them. I liked that, where they took advantage of that. But I think my biggest criticism of Matt Patricia and and sort of the structure and play calling of this offense has come on the critical place where it's like, you know, you can, you can almost see it on Matt Patricia's face on the sideline where he's looking at it and he doesn't really know what to do when he freezes up and he keeps calling these same plays, whether it's in the red zone on third down, where he calls these. All right. Well, his default is, well, we're going to get a rub for a running back or a tight end into the flat. And that's what we're going to do. And and it's going to be open. And like every team has been ready and waiting for it. And, and, you know, the the not setting things up to pull out in those crucial situations, I think has been um, at least my major criticism of what's gone on on offense so far.
1: I agree with you. And it's it's just this thought process of, you know, he's going to go. They They always say coordinators have their go-tos, right? You have your go-tos for two-point attempts. You have your go-tos for, you know, goal-to-goal situations, fourth and short when you're, you know, fourth and goal when you're close to the goal line within two or three yards. And it seems like for Patricia, he definitely has his like three or four go-to plays, but unfortunately for him, everybody's ready for those go-to plays and they're not yep. working well. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> if 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 he can't get his go-to plays to work well, then he's going to like the second, third plays and that's that's going to be even more of a disaster. Uh, before we get to the pick Greg, let's tell people about betonlineag the fastest,
0: easiest way to bet on sports. Football is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest football odds, team matchup info, player news and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events. Bet MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts.
1: You got Packers minus nine and a half at home against the
0: Patriots. Your thoughts on the line and your thoughts on the game. Man, that line is a is a lot. Um, I'm just trying to think. You know, you what think, do you think the line would be if Mac started this game?
1: I think with Mac, it was hovering around five, and then as okay. soon as Mac got injured, I think like eight and a half. At first,
0: it, yeah, so you need to climb a little bit. It's, it's a, you know, anytime I see the Packers after a big victory, um, and this this is, you know, this goes back to when I was covering the team in 07, 08, 09, into 10, um, you know, and watching Aaron over the years, like I said before, they are a heckle, uh, <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde team, uh, and they they pretty much go with the flow and like they, they are one of the biggest teams in terms of letdowns after big victories. Um, Part of me wants to pick the Patriots to cover in this game. Um, I think right now, pending more film review, uh, I'm going to say that they do this. I I think that they, I think that the Patriots strengths their defensive line. uh, I think you're right. I think their cornerbacks will do a really good job. You know, as, as people have heard me say, Uh, I love Jonathan Jones and what he's done this year. I I just can't get enough of watching him on film. He's been spectacular. The Patriots will figure out who they need to put him on to shut down. See, you know whether it's if it's Lazard, they'll do that. It's a bigger body for him, so you worry about the size mismatch. But if Aaron's looking for him, at least you know Jonathan Jones is going to be in his kitchen, all the all over the field. He's done that all year. He's been terrific. I, I also think the Patriots, you know, ability to run, and if they actually decide to use their twenty-five million dollars tight ends, I think they can make hay there. Um, you know, I I don't know. I kind of have a good feeling about the Patriots in this game. So you know, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the Packers to win, but I'm going to pick it. Uh, I'm going to pick. Packers. Let's see. 23. Patriots 17. Is did I steal your game thunder game again?
1: Brian Hoyer. It really You kind of did. Um, it's a it's a you know, is it Hoyer? Is it Mac? I think it's going to be Hoyer. I think this game could be closer than anticipated. I think this game, I said this last week on my show before the Bucks. Packers game, the, the over under in that game was like, I don't know, high forties, maybe 50. And I'm like, people are just dead wrong on this. Vegas is dead wrong. I, I would hammer the under. And I expected that Packers bucks game to be much lower scoring than anticipated. And that's precisely what happened. Um, so I, I don't like the green Bay offense isn't explosive. They weren't great in week one. They weren't necessarily great last week against Tampa. Tampa's got a very good defense with all, you know, with all due respect to them, They credit them, their defense. Um, they were okay against Chicago. I don't think is any great shakes. So I do think you can kind of keep this team under 27 points. I think you can keep them between 20 and 24 on Sunday. The issue is going to be turnovers. If 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 you tell me the Patriots take care of the football, then I think they can stay within the nine and a half. If you have a Brian Hoyer meltdown and he turns the ball over once or twice, now all of a sudden that you know 21 points or 20 points turns into 28 to 32. And and then you're, you're looking at that nine and a half. I'm going to go with that The Patriots will play ball controlled offense. I think they'll try to soak some clock. I I do like their corners, by the way, Doug Kide wrote about Jonathan Jones, uh, this week at PFF. If you want additional information on him, other than what Greg's giving you, he, he wrote this uh, story. And I, I think the, the headline was something along the lines of the unknown lockdown corner or something like that. The unexpected lockdown corner, Jonathan Jones, he's been fantastic. So yep. yeah, I feel like I feel kind of the way that you do. You know, get... Aside from a turnover or a couple of turnovers, I think this game could be within the nine and a half. So I would take the Patriots get the nine and a half at Lambeau and hope Hoyer doesn't have a meltdown. If he does blame it on Hoyer, or not me. Uh, BSJ member question of the day. 39.99 on their annual plan. Bedard does the coaches' film. He does chats with you. Of course, you got Corrales cranking up the Celtics coverage. Uh, by the way, if you're a Celtics fan, go check out what Matt Barnes had to say um, within the last 24 hours. A couple of interesting things. The first thing he said: it, it was not what Ime did. Yeah, he said. So Matt Barnes says in a in some kind of podcast slash video deal, um, he says that it's not necessarily what Ime did. It's who he did it with, mm. um, which is I think very, very. And then he also said that if it, if this does get out, he's not sure Ime will ever coach again in the NBA, and he's not talking about head coaching. He means like he he doesn't know if he's going to coach again. And let me just tell you, during this four and a half minute clip, Matt Barnes is very honest. He's had his own personal things. He's had his own family things. He, you know, he admits that he has, you know, been with dancers when he was a younger player. And he says, look, coaches mess around with people, you know, that stuff happens. He said, but in this case, he said, there are certain things you just don't do. And he may did one of those things. So it's, it's not necessarily what he did, but who he did it with. And and so I'm sure there's going to be internet sleuths being irresponsible. Uh, Hopefully that doesn't happen, but it it sounds like a, a, more like a who than a what in this yep. case. And it sounds like E-May probably crossed the line that even within the NBA, a guy like Barnes, again, who's very, very honest about his past and what he's done, seems like e crossed that line you don't cross. So take that for what it's worth. BSJ, member of question of the day, Greg, what do we got?
0: So Ty C uh, over at BSJ sort of, you know, sort of nicely takes me to task for something that I, that I put in my column, which I wrote where I said the Patriots – their goals should not change if Mac Jones is out a month, a week, you know, whatever. Like, it shouldn't change because, you know, most people, if you're a realist, one and three was probably in their sweet spot for the start, two and two, you know, if you were lucky and, and some breaks went your way. But now these next six games after Green Bay, you know, I'm sorry. You should be able to win. I don't care who your quarterback is. If you're still the Patriots, if you get have good coaching and you have good talent, the Patriots should win at least go five and one in this stretch with the Jets twice, the Lions, the Bears, the Browns with Jacoby Brissett, um, you know, and, and in this column, one of my lines was, and, and I think I said it on here about how Mac Jones, you know, needed x-rays after two of the three games this season, wonder what the different, And I said, wonder what the difference is this year. And Ty C says a back injury because of an illegal late hit and an ankle injury sustained after Andrews blows his block on a 30 yard desperation toss. I really, I don't really think that is connected to anything in my opinion, a fair comment and, you know, not in pro, truthful in some respects, but I think, I think you're, you're missing the big picture, at, you know, tie in terms of this, where it's just like, you know, basically I'm making the point that this entire offensive operation should not be at this point. Mac Jones has been on under a lot of pressure, so far this year, you know, about 30% in the first game, 30% in this last game and over 40%, the most in his career, like 43% against the Steelers. And the point is, is like, you could deal with that. Like that happened the first half of last year. You could understand that as a rookie figuring some things out on the offensive line, all of that, but that should all be in the past. Like, you know, but with, between the coaching changes shuffling everybody on the offensive line like the The offensive operation has not been optimal which we all know to this point and and i do think that has contributed to some of max deals yeah yeah it was a i wouldn't say it was an illegal it was a legal hit because the guy launched himself a little bit but in terms of him getting crunched you know that's on pass protection. He gets strip sacked in that game. You know, uh, uh, Andrews did blow the block there, but like you know, how about a little max max protection? How about you know looking out for your quarterback and and you know giving him a chance? So I just think his injuries are a by byproduct of the circumstances around him this season, which have not been optimal. So that was sort of my point in that line. He's Greg looking. Like he is a man of
1: business today with that button up shirt, his hair done. He looks fantastic. I look like a freaking bum. He was on town, powherd. I'm sitting in my man cave. Uh, he is Greg Bedard. I'm Nick Cattles. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens and BetOnline.ag. Everybody uh, enjoy the game on Sunday, Packers, Patriots, Lambeau Field. Of course, we will be back early next week to talk about what happened and, and how we feel about it all. Uh, Maybe it'll be Mac. I don't think it will be, but maybe it will be him. Until then, be good, be safe, and be healthy.